Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right. Welcome back to episode 40 of Move the District, the big 4-0. I uh, can't believe I've done this for 40 straight weeks. This has been a pretty serious commitment here in my life. So uh, we're going to keep this going and do another, do another 40 here at least. So on today's big 40th episode, I have a very special guest. She is the founder and CEO of Hustle DC. Please welcome Sunny May. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am uh, super excited. You've been, I feel like, just blowing up this past year. So I am super excited to uh, have you on the show and uh, hear uh, about all your success and hard work. Thank you. Thank you. I'm flattered and honored to be a part of your your podcast and the 40th episode. Congratulations 40. to you. You didn't even know when I asked you to come on the show. You didn't even realize it was going to be a special no uh, episode. exactly <laughs> all right so well let's uh let's dig into it here a little bit uh, yeah. let's start with your story tell us your background how did you first get started in the world of fitness was this something were you always involved in fitness or is this kind of like something that happened as you got older um i wasn't always involved in fitness no i was i went to syracuse university go thought orange. that i was go, go orange yeah thought that I was going to probably go to law school. So that was kind of the route that um, I took and dabbled in that a little bit when I graduated from Syracuse, um, but just realized it wasn't for me. Um, and I had always wanted to move to New York to the city. So I kind of just moved there on a whim and didn't really know what I was going to do and got into the restaurant business. So that's where I was for a few years while I lived in New York. I went from bartending to management. Um, and then eventually I was um, fully in management mode um, for a few years um, in New York City. And it was awesome, but it was very grueling. And I found time to, you know, get into and take soul cycle classes, um, before work, which my friend had introduced me to. Um, and yeah, that was kind of my me time before I would go to work. And then right. I just really fell in love with it and transitioned from what I was doing in the restaurant business to actually teaching at soul cycle. Wow. And, and so where were you, uh, can you tell us where you were working, uh, in the restaurant industry in New York? 
Yeah. My first job in New York was at the coffee shop, which was this iconic um, restaurant that was 23 hours a day in Union yes. Square. I was a bartender there. Um, and I've been, I've been before. Have you? Yes. Oh, that's I'm from awesome. New York originally. So that would be. Oh, uh, that's so why. you're like, yeah, duh, I know the coffee shop. That's why I'm, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. 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 So I bartended there for like four years. Okay. Um, and I loved it. It was a great place. Um, lots of networking. Um, yeah. and then before I moved on to soul cycle, I was at STK and meatpacking. Oh yeah. And, and they had, they had one of those here. I remember I went once. Yeah. 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 That was here when I first moved to DC. Yes. Yeah. I was running the rooftop at STK and managing, um, the restaurant. And then you found soul cycle. And then I found SoulCycle very reluctantly. I was like, I don't want to go to SoulCycle. It's a bunch of skinny, like athletic bitches that all like, you know, wear Lululemon and look super cute. And I was like, I don't know if that's really my vibe, but my friend was like, please, it's my birthday. Come with me. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> and I didn't tell her, but I secretly went back the next day because wow. I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us about that first class. The first class was with this badass chick named Kim. She's one of the founding instructors of SoulCycle. Um, and it was super high intensity. I feel like she played like rock music. And I was just like, she is amazing. The way she like moved her body on that bike. I was like, holy shit, this is so badass. And then I kept going and I talked to instructors and they were like, yeah, most of them did that for their full-time gigs. A lot of them left, you know, their jobs in corporate America that they weren't happy at. And we're like, you know, we're going to do this now. So, right. yeah, I fell in love with it. And now, had you taken spin classes before this? Had you done any kind of group fitness? Or was this like your first expose into it? Yeah, I mean, I dabbled in it. I was, I did some at Crunch gym that I was a member of when I lived in New York. And before that, when I studied abroad in college in London, that was like my first um, deep dive into group fitness and group cycling. I belong to this gym in London and I did, did it all the time. So. And then, I mean, talk about that now, that transition though, from going from like a steady job, you're in management with, uh, with STK and then you're like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go full-time fitness. Cause that's, I I've talked to enough people to, I know, to know that, I mean, especially as, as a small business owner myself to make that jump from having a stable job to then like, going to something that's just like a little bit more unpredictable. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it was definitely scary. It was a huge jump. Um, and while I was in training, I was still working at STK because I had to still pay for my bills and everything. So I was working at STK all through training and it wasn't until I got on the schedule full-time at SoulCycle and you know, they asked me to move to DC to um, open up the studios here because we didn't have SoulCycle in DC um, until that time that I was in training. So when they asked me to move, it was, I would, didn't really want to at first. I was like, I don't, I, I love my life in New York and I had planned on staying there. Um, but it was just a moment that I was like, it was kind of a YOLO moment where I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, why not? Like I'll move to DC. I'll live there for a year. I'll help them open up the Bethesda studio, which is the first studio that I taught at. Um, and then I'll move back to New York. 
but here we are six and a half years later and <laughs> I never left. It's funny. I think I had the same feeling when I left New York five and a half years ago and I was like, all right, I'll be back in another year or two. And then it was like, here I am. This is it. Yeah. This is life. No, yeah. where are you from? Where are you from originally? I'm from upstate New York. So I'm from the Finger Lakes region, um, you know, kind of halfway between Rochester and Syracuse. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, so you don't really have anything tying you down to DC, but you've now created this community for yourself where you're like, can't yeah. leave now. Exactly. I got swept up in it very quickly. I mean, the people here are awesome. Um, I had a super loyal following at SoulCycle and um, yeah, it's the community, the community is everything, you know? Um, and that's, I love them all so much, all of my riders and, you know, it was my time at SoulCycle was awesome. Um, but you know, COVID really put, um, threw a wrench in things. Yes. Now let's talk <laughs> a little bit about that whole, the development of the community. Cause I, and I know this isn't something that just happened overnight. This has been, you know, all, you know, six and a half years in the making here. What, what do you think went into that whole, you know, building that, that community? Um, I think it's a lot of different things. I mean, just really taking the time to get to know the people that come to your classes and talk to them before class and talk to them after class. And it becomes more than just a workout. You know, these people's stories, their families, their jobs, um, they come to you on happy days. They come to you on sad days. They want to celebrate with you. And then they also are going through breakups with you, you know? So you become really close with people that take your class. I mean, they see you, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. or every Tuesday and Thursday at 5.30 or whatever it is, they're, you become a part of their lives and um, they become a part of yours. Um, so a lot of that, that community building just comes in the form of just getting to know them. Um, and yeah, yeah, they become no, friends I, I, and family. I love that. I love that. Cause I think there is like, uh, you know, this thought of like, Hey, like, you know, instruct, I'm an instructor or I'm a physical therapist and you're the client, you're the, the person in the class. And it's kind of like a, like a divider, but I think that's really where you get to develop that really, that big connection is actually understanding what they're doing outside of class. Right. And, that's where that develop, that relationship gets developed. Yeah, for sure. I think um, fitness is so much more about um, more than just about the body, right? It's about the mind. It's about the, the social aspect of getting people together. And um, for a lot of people, it's their only me time outside of work or kids or jobs or family or whatever. Um, so for me, that's number one. That was the most important um, aspect of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's, um, you know, you can get a good workout a lot of places, you know, whether it's SoulCycle, whether it's SolidCore, whether it's CrossFit, whatever it might be, you can get a good workout, but it's that place where you actually get, you you feel seen. I think yeah. that's, that's the big thing is, is where do you feel like you're seen? You hit the nail on the head. 1000%. Where right. do you feel seen? Like, where do you feel special? Where do you feel important? Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, you know, you get that buy-in and that commitment and, and uh, you know, ultimately, you know, you get, you get that community of people that like, then it's like, well, oh, you should meet John and you should meet Sarah and you should meet, you know, whoever. And, and, and that's where it grows, I think. 
it sounds like you know a little bit about the fitness community. You know, it's after four, after 39 of these, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've learned a little bit and no, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I try to learn, you know, I want to learn about things for, cause it's the same, it's the same for, for big league is, is, you know, we want to develop a community as well, where it's, it's, you know, people, especially with people who are in pain, you know, there's, you know, what can't they do? Can they not pick their kids up? Can they not, right. you know, go to do a marathon at Disney World with their friends? You know, can they, you know, what what is it that they can't do? And and it's, you know, and pain is a frustrating thing, especially like, you know, if you have chronic lower back pain and you've been, you know, just dealing with lower back pain, you've been to your GP, you went to an orthopedist, you went to physical therapy, you went to the chiropractor and everyone's like, you're fine. Or you, I don't know what's going on. And then you know, to actually like connect with someone and, you know, someone takes the time to like understand, you know, maybe not just biomechanically what's going on, but how it's going on, just stress in your life, what's going on uh, with your job, what's going on with your sleep schedule, your nutrition, all those other things. And you're able to connect with someone on that level and get that kind of buy-in. Uh, that's where I think a lot of the, a lot of good results occur. And, you know, and that's, you know, that works, you know, through the whole spectrum rehab to performance is, you know, if you had that kind of connection with someone, you're that much more likely to have success. Yeah, no, I 1000% agree. And I think that like, especially, you know, with fitness, you're working on more than just the body, right? You're, you I mean, you're working on making them physically stronger, but I think so much work is done, um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I've seen so many beautiful, just evolutions happen with people who not just physically, yes, I've seen so many of those too, but just like feeling, you know, stronger and more confident and just more badass by making, you know, fitness a part of their, their weekly routines, you know? Now I know SoulCycle does a lot of that, like with your training, like there are very specific ways that they try to get you to, um, you know, say the right words and, and do the right, you know, do, do things to kind of like, I guess, inspire people in that way. Um, and then, I mean, what have you seen over, you know, the last several years in terms of like being able to, you know, connect with people in that sense? I think you just have to be, and I know this is probably just going to sound like, of course, but it's very, very true. You have to be as authentic as you can, and you have to try to relate to people as best as you can. Um, I think taking like the ego out of it and, and taking, um, just trying to be as, you know, on the same page as other people that you're teaching and just seeing who it is are, you know, that are in your classes, you know, and that are in that room with you um, and just trying to relate to them and maybe what they're going through and just being that like happy, smiley face for them. Right. You just want to, at the end of the day, I've always said that my goal for every single one of my classes is to just make people walk away feeling better than when they walked in, right? Mm-hmm. It's like not getting it perfectly. You don't have to be on the beat the whole time or you don't have to get the choreography right. But like, were you- I never, you I never get the choreography right. I yeah. never <laughs> You and most people, honestly. Yes. <laughs> it's hard. It's oh my hard. God. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I love, because I think on, on Instagram, you had a couple of things that I saw where it was like, you know, we said working out should make you feel good. You know, it, it shouldn't yeah. necessarily be, 
you know, something where you're beating yourself up over, you know, uh, you know, if, it, you know, you said, I think it was like, you know, if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, makes sense. Like, like it should be fun. It shouldn't be a miserable thing. It shouldn't be a struggle. Um, right. you know, you should enjoy it. And, and I think that, um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I've always kind of lived by that. It was something my dad always told me was, you know, if, if you're not having fun, why are you doing it, Sunny? And obviously there are things that we need to do that aren't necessarily super fun. Um, but just in general, I try to live my life like that, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, um, friendship, like, is this making you feel good at the end of the day? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a probably a good way to uh, live your life, let alone <laughs> what workout class you decide to choose. Yeah. Definitely easier said than done. Like, let's be real. It's not that black and white. Um, no. But no, you, when usually, we start to when we start to put that in the conversation, then you know things become clearer. Yeah, I think it's one of those like reflection things where you're kind of like, wait a second, I'm not happy with this. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. why am I doing this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, have you ever felt? Did you ever? When's the last time you felt like that? Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. <sighs> um probably more often than not, <laughs> not just in my job, but like in a relationship, like, why am I, why am I still here? Like what? Um, or, you know, just kind of putting things in perspective with just daily practices in life. Like, why am I doing, does, does this make sense? Um, yeah. Keep, keep asking those hard questions. Yeah. You do have to keep asking those hard questions, I think. Yeah. Cause it's easy to compare yourself too with so many other people's journeys. Um, and especially, I mean, social media is amazing, but it's also really, really hard. I think, you know, you're the best of both worlds and the worst of both worlds and the worst. You're like, should I look like that? Or should I be at that place in my life? Should I be doing that? So you're constantly having all of these other people's you know, stories in your face and the highlights of the best parts of their lives coming up in your newsfeed. And you're like, <laughs> you can't look away. Exactly. You can't look away. And you're like, it's hard not to like compare yourself to everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. Now talk about like with Instagram, like how, how do you combat that, you know, in terms of like being able to, you know, showcase your authentic self versus the highlights. Cause you want to show the highlights. Yeah. Highlights are great. You know, yeah. I'm doing great. Look at me. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, that's, it, that's not the only thing. That's not the only thing. It's not the only thing. Yeah. I would lie if I said I was good at social media. I've never been great at it. Um, I don't post every week. I don't like have a rhythm of what I'm posting and what kind of content I'm putting out there. Social media was never my focus. It's kind of something that I have to do, you know, in order to stay connected with people. So it's like, you have to put some things out there. So like, people are like, she exists, but I'm really good at putting up like stories about my daily life. Um, and you know, I usually keep it pretty much like work based and some like social stuff. Um, but yeah, you do have to, um, you do have to be vulnerable and authentic and real. You can't just put up the good stuff. But, yeah, it, it, it's funny because when I started my account like three and a half years ago, I started the big league account. I've basically just been posting exercise videos. And it's still a, a big bulk of what we do is just like, you know, lower back pain, do these three exercises. And what I'm realizing now is that people want more than that. 
people want, you know, like you said, the vulnerable side, people want to see people's success stories. People want to see, you know, other, more, more than just like the robot machine spitting out three exercises. And I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah. you want that, like <laughs> that ability to connect. And now I have like the podcast. Now we have like, yeah. we're, we're doing, we're, we're figuring out reels. Let me tell you reels is I, I, it's one of those moments reels is where I just feel like technology has passed me by. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're not on, we're not on TikTok. I feel like we should be, but we're not, which is, I guess, no one, no one else's fault besides mine. Yeah. And, and reels is just, it, it's like, it's, it's easy, but it's also hard. And yeah. uh, I surround myself with like younger, the younger generation to be like, oh, how do I do this? Or should I do this? Or should I not do this? And yeah, that yeah. helps a little. That's bit. what I need. I need more young people around. You got to keep the cool kids around you. Yes. Yes, yeah. I need people to keep me hip. They'll keep and you in track. Yes, because I, I I have never felt older. I feel like, and then like, you know, recently, um, what's the new one? Clubhouse is out now. And I'm like, yeah. this is just a conference call. Right? Yes. Is it just exactly. a conference call? Yes. There's no yes. video. People just talking. People who like to talk, talk. Yeah. But, but I also like, oh. find like this all takes up so much time. I'm like, who has time to be on Instagram and TikTok and Clubhouse and Snapchat and Facebook. I'm like, I, I, I deleted Snapchat. Snapchat is out of my repertoire. <laughs> it, it just, I was like, there's just much less good that can come from Snapchat than yeah. the other ones or, or more bad. I don't know. Either way. I was like, I need to get off of Snapchat. I was like, this no. one, this was the low, that was the low man on the totem pole. So I had eventually to, we've got to live our lives. Right. Like, exactly. Exactly. I wish I could quit Twitter. I don't tweet but I'm just kind of a, a scroller on Twitter. Yeah. I just have to be like, I don't know whether it's like comedy or world events or whatever it is or sports. I like to have to like keep like refreshing my Twitter. Yeah. There's a lot of info there. Exactly. And then Instagram is where like work happens. And then Facebook is kind of connected to Instagram. So I, I feel like I'm just tied. How has your social media usage changed since you started Hustle? So, um, I mean, I, we have a hustle account, um, hustle-dc, um, which we try to, or I try to focus most of the business attention there, but because I have the majority of the followers, you know, that have followed me through my career, mm -hmm. I obviously still have to use my personal page for a lot of the business stuff. Right. Um, we recently just hired an awesome social media company, digital marketing company, um, to start to streamline that stuff and, and put more time and effort into that. So I'm very happy and excited to see how they, you know, kind of highlight our brand and, and um, really focus more um, on that side of things. Cause I just don't have the time right. or even the knowledge, you know, are they doing Facebook ads? Yes, they will be. All right. We'll talk, yeah. we'll talk later about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> But now, like like you said, you are you're you're a brand. You're Sunny May. You're you're a brand, and now Hustle's a brand. How yeah. do you differentiate between the two? Yeah. Um. I mean, I am Hustle too. You know, at right. the end of the day, like I think so. The way that kind of the Hustle name came about was a lot of my friends would always be like, "You're always hustling. You're always trying to like do something. What's next? What's next?" always moving, always doing something. I can't sit still. Um, they make you such a hustler. And so when I started 
hustle. I was Sunny May every day. That was kind of my brand. And that's that website came during COVID and I was teaching at home, um, hit workouts because, um, that's just what everybody was doing. We didn't have bikes. Most people, it was, it was like the wild west. Like it was the wild west. March and a- March, April, May of last year. It was literally just the wild west. Cause you could open up Instagram at any time and there'd be 15 Instagram lives of people doing at home workouts. I know it was know. just, it was absolute mayhem. I know. Uh, And to be fair, I tried to stay away from that for as long as I could. I was like, I am not like a hit at home workout kind of girl. I'm going to take this month and I'm going to bake my banana bread and eat my Rice Krispie treats and do puzzles. And like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, we'll get back to normal by the end of April for sure. And here we are. So yeah, I was like, but all of my people that I love so much that used to see me every week, I used to get to see them every week. I was like, I need to figure out a way to stay connected with all of them. And that was my goal. It wasn't about what kind of workout we were doing. It was about staying connected and continuing to move our bodies together and and maintaining like a structure because for most of us, our daily structure was just gone, right? It went to shit, complete shit. It went to shit. So I was like, I need for myself and, you know, for so many other people, I need to create some sort of weekly structure. Yeah. So that's just kind of how it came about. And it was the sunny May every day, just hit workout. And then it turned into, and I was doing it for free for like three months. Um, and then it turned into like, a, you know, a website and, you know, kind of building the, that hit brand through sunny May every day. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to August and I was given a fabulous opportunity to be on the cover of district fray magazine. I saw Congratulations. Yeah, it was really, really fun. And through all of that, I met some other people from the wharf and I had ordered a bunch of bikes because I said, you know, I think we can do an outdoor activation and, um, you know, the weather is beautiful. There's no reason we can't make this happen here in DC. Um, and to be quite honest, um, soul cycle was making it happen in other cities and they just hadn't made it happen here. Um, so I just decided to take it into my own hands. Um, and one thing led to another and I was able to get, um, a location down at the pier. So take me through that decision to leave soul cycle. Cause obviously (laughs) six and a half years is, uh, no joke. Uh, uh, you know, whether, whether it's soul cycle or desk job or whatever, you know, that's, that's a, a serious commitment of time. And, um, you know, like you said, you had built a following, built a community there. And, you know, at what point were you like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta jump. Uh, well, um, yeah. And this, that right before COVID, um, I had been promoted to master instructor, which is a huge honor. It's like, what we all kind of hope and dream of at SoulCycle and it, and very few people are master instructors there. So that was a huge honor. And I was super excited to be a master instructor at SoulCycle, but fast forward, you know, three months and we were all shut down. Yep. We were kind of like sitting ducks, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, you know, everything that I'd worked for at SoulCycle was, I still had in a way, right. I still had all these people. I still had this network. I still had what I do. It just, we weren't 
teaching anymore. And soul cycle didn't know what they were going to do. And, you know, come July, we were, we were all laid off. Yeah. You know? And so, um, at that point, I just, I mean, it's almost fight or flight, you know, do I wait around for them to hopefully open up something here? Or do I just use my resources and the network that I've been working for, for this long and try to figure it out myself. And I really haven't talked about this story much because I just, I think people have the perception like it was some kind of like bad ending, but it really wasn't. It was just me taking my own life into my hands. I couldn't, I mean, I'm 36 years old. I'm like, right. I can't wait for somebody else to do this for me. I, I just have to do it. I think that's awesome. So that's just kind of what I did. And, and, you Hell know, yes. it, it was, people were really excited. It was a great location and, um, you know, it took off and I mean, you're on the water out on the pier and there's boats going by and the monuments right there. And it was just beautiful. It was what we needed. We wanted to get back together some way in a safe way. Um, I think I, I, I would think I was down there probably towards the end. It had to have been like, I mean, when did you guys stop doing the outdoor classes? Was that like November, December? Um, we stopped doing outdoor November. I think it was the week after Thanksgiving. So we really pushed it. Cause I think I was down there and I, it was cold, but people were like still out there riding and I like could hear the music and you're right down there on the water. And I'm like, yeah, like it's, it's pretty badass. Like, yeah, like it's pretty cool. Cause you can like look to the right. There's like the Washington monument, right? The, uh, you can see like the Jefferson you're on the water and it, it's, it's a pretty, um, there's not a lot of other experiences like that, I think. Yeah. I do think we were creating a pretty unique experience. I don't think anybody was doing anything quite that cool. Um, so we had that going for us. And then I have a couple other fabulous instructors that were with me and are with me um, on this crazy journey. And we're just lucky to have such loyal ridership. And now so many other people have heard of it that we didn't know before that are starting to so, join Hustle Fam. So, you know, your your time with SoulCycle ends and you're like, all right, this is it. This is this is what we're doing. What, um, you know, how did you, you know, decide like we're going to do spin? Because like, obviously like there's a commitment there to like getting bikes, making sure your people have bikes. Like, like that's not like, you know, like especially nowadays it's like, well, what can I do at home? And it's like, oh, get a band, get some dumbbells. Yeah. Uh, you're like, no, you're going to get an exercise bike. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, that's my thing. I've been, um, you know, a cycling instructor for six years. So to, I mean, I still teach the hit classes and I love those. And a lot of people who don't have bikes at home take those classes, but I wanted to get back on a bike. I wanted to get my people back on a bike. So, um, I was, lucky enough to be able to get my hands on some good bikes that I knew were good um, and found a place to put them on the pier. So where'd, where'd you get the bikes? Um, they're stages bikes. Um, and I got them from custom indoor cycles. Okay. Um, Cause they had like your branding on them, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty big kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was able to get branded bicycles. Yes. And then, so then people were then also buying the bikes from you to have at home. 
Is that yeah, right? Yeah. So then we also put the bikes for sale as well. If anybody wanted to um, purchase a bike so that they could ride with us at home. Um, and I, and to be quite frank, I knew that it was hard for most people to get bikes because a lot of the other places like Peloton and SoulCycle was taking months, like many weeks to get their bikes in their homes. And yeah. we, we were able to get them a lot quicker. Yeah. My, my girlfriend bought a, um, a Bowflex bike probably back in like mid to late May. And, uh, and it was like a six week waiting time for like a Bowflex bike, not even like a Peloton. The Pelotons were like, my sister bought a Peloton. That was like a two month waiting period. But I think like Megan, like it was like, it was like six weeks for a Bowflex bike. And, uh, and then, yeah, then finally came, but like all those big name bikes were just like the wait lists were just out the out the ass. Yeah. Like they didn't know what to do. They didn't, I mean, they didn't know COVID was happening. So it's like all of a sudden they're getting all these orders for bikes. Yeah. So I think it was hard for people to get their hands in a bike, but we were lucky that we were able to have the outdoor activation. So a lot of people could come who didn't have bikes at home anyways, because the weather was still beautiful and um, they could just show up. And then, and then were you guys doing indoor classes as well? Yes. So we, um, we started doing indoor classes during the weekdays at Union Stage, which is a concert venue down yep. at the wharf. Um, and they, at the time, didn't really have anything going on. Um, occasionally having some like stream streaming events, like some concerts were streaming there, but um, they were gracious enough to um, allow us to rent their space as one, a rain backup for when it was raining at the pier, we would move all of our classes into union stage. Um, and then we also used it as a place to stream for our virtual, um, ridership. Wow. That's, that's pretty awesome. It was awesome because it's a concert venue. So they've got already, you know, the sound and the lighting and, you know, the streaming capabilities. So, um, we've been able to, record some really high quality, awesome classes. Wow. And, and then, so then I'm assuming once fitness classes are allowed again, or the weather warms up, or there's plans to go back outside again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> do, we, do we know when that's going to be? I very soon. I think, I mean, as soon as the weather is warm, we're back, we're back outside. So I'm hoping we can get back out by April. All right. I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> um, Cause yeah, it, it's been, it's been a weird, it's a weird like time period right now where you can do like outdoor classes, but then like indoor classes are like, it's only like open gym right now. So it, it's a bit of a, like kind of like a holding period for, for a lot of like, it is, it definitely feels like a holding period. Um, although we've had a few warm days here and there that we were able to pull the bikes out onto the pier and just have like a one-off day. Um, but in the meantime, we're just streaming away from our houses and from Union Stage on the weekends um, and just trying to keep everybody as engaged and excited as possible. There you go. So what, uh, who would you say are your uh, fitness influences? Wow. That's a who, great question. Who do you look up to? That's a great question. I mean, there's so many just different people. I mean, my first fitness kind of inspiration was um, the first couple soul cycle instructors that I took Kim, I always loved. And then there was this other um, woman, Madison, who I just looked up to for years because I thought she was just such an amazing instructor and just 
just such a badass like girl boss. Um, so those are my first two that I was just like, wow, this is really cool. And they do this for a living full time. Um, and people love them and they're making people feel good. And at the end of the day, that's kind of why that is why I got into doing this. It wasn't about fitness and being super fit or having a six pack. I just love the idea of having a place where you got to make people feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so right now I would say, um, one woman, um, Megan, who started her own Pilates studio years ago in Alexandria in Delray called Mind the Mat. The um, good doctor, Megan Brown. Yes. You know, Megan Brown. Yeah, of course. I know Megan Brown. Uh, Everyone knows Megan Brown. She oh was on, she's, she's been in the podcast. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the physical therapy world is a, it's a small world. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no. Megan Brown. Yes. Yeah. No. I love her. She's a huge inspiration. She's one of my good friends. She used to take my class and she's uh, a freaking rock star. She's a rock star. She makes it work. Um, she's been experiencing all of the craziness through COVID and she makes it work. And she, I look up to her just as a businesswoman, um, not just a fitness, um, guru. Um, I, there are many women that I look up, look up to that aren't just in fitness either. I mean, um, one of Megan and I's mutual friends, Nicole Jones, who owns Stomping Ground, which is yep. also in Delray, um, who's a total badass chef restaurateur. Um, I think more than anything, I look up to lots of women who are just badass bosses, you know, and it's not just fitness, it's the way that they live. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, especially when they take opportunities like that to, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, go out on a limb and, and, and risk, you know, something, you know, I, I think that uh, is, is awesome. It's awesome to see. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, especially nowadays, uh, you know, to go out on a limb in the middle of a uh, pandemic is uh, no small, no small feat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's those, those people that keep you like, keep you going and, and, you know, they, they make me believe anything is possible. So there you go. do you draw from your hospitality experience with, uh, regards to, you know, your time at soul and now at hustle, do you, how, what do you draw from that? Oh, 1000%. I mean, just the management experience that I got from there as far as like running a business. So just like some of the technical things that I'm dealing with now, I, learned from restaurant management, like managing employees, scheduling, that kind of thing. Um, and obviously a lot of leadership, I think, um, you know, leading teams, you know, in on the floor through events or, you know, whatever, um, that I learned from the restaurant business. Um, and just kind of creating a space that people want to come when you're running a restaurant, you're creating, you're helping create that vibe. Right. Yep. And you're hiring people that, that also help create that vibe. And you're, you're kind of setting the tone, right? If, if, if your manager is in a bad mood, that's going to leave, you know, the rest of the employees and kind of the vibe in the restaurant, not so good. But if your manager is in a good mood and they're, you know, they're hype, then you're creating that vibe. So I think, I take that from the restaurant business into all of my classes, honestly, just knowing that I'm setting the tone and I'm, I'm putting out energy that I want people to feel. And, um, 
Right. Because there is that certain like owner's charisma that that comes out where it's like, you know, and you have to be the person that does set the table for, you know, at least for now. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Um, And it's funny because I I feel like I've been talking about this book for the last two months on the podcast because I've been reading it for that long, which is what happens when you get a dog. You you end up not reading as much as you, especially a a puppy. What did you get? We just got a Bernie's Mountain Dog. Oh, wow. Yeah, so little little Frankie, little she's uh, she's eleven, almost twelve weeks now, oh. and uh, and yeah, so she's a little floofer, and uh, she's 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 great. We love her. She's cute. She's adorable. She's also a little bundle of terror, and yeah, uh, yeah so she's kind of all over the place. <laughs> but yeah. um, but as a result, though, no, I have not read as much. But I've been talking about this book, uh, "Setting the Table" by Danny Meyer. I don't know if you've read that book. I know of it, and I yeah, I I love it, and and I've been trying to, uh, you know, read more about that because it's it's funny because, uh, I guess I, I listened to the how I built this podcast with the founders of SoulCycle, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of what they talk about, as well as some other brands like Equinox, um, there's a lot of talk about the hospitality industry and how like it's not a big difference between what we do and the hospitality industry. And I was like, I kind of like looped in physical therapy to that as well. And I was like, Oh yeah, like that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then I came across his book and I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. And then I've just been like scribbling notes every time I get a chance to read. And it's been, it's been a great book. Cause yeah, it just, it just, I start to see the connection, the parallels between not just like you said, managing people, but also like how you're interacting with staff, how you're interacting with customers. And, and that's, you know, making people feel like this is their spot, like they're regulars. And like, that's what you want in your fitness classes. You want people to come to, you know, you know, a class of the wharf and they're like, Oh, this is my spot. Like, you know, come, come see uh, Sunny Mae with me. And like, it's like one of those things where it's like the same, like, Oh, this is my spot. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a a regular at the bar here. And, and it's just, really not that big of a difference. I love that you're bringing that up because I always tell everybody that I work with that you can go anywhere and get a really good meal, right? You can go anywhere and get a good workout, not anywhere, but you know, you can have, there's lots of good restaurants. There are lots of good gyms, but a good meal or a good workout is not what's going to bring people back in. It's good service. It's customer service, it's making people feel good. I would rather have a mediocre meal with a really awesome server than a really awesome meal with a mediocre server, you know? Yeah. So I think it's that same thing. It's like the your workout, sure, you need to have a great class, but at the end of the day, that's not what's going to make you memorable. And that's not what's going to make people come back. It's going to make, it's going to be the way that you make them feel. Yeah. I, I, there's, you know, been numerous places here in DC where like, you know, you go to a place, you know, it might not even be a place you go to a lot, but it's, you know, one time you have a great connection with the bartender or a server or, or whoever it might be. And they make a gesture for you or they switch up the reservation time or, or accommodate an extra guest or give you a free drink or, or, you know, something like that. And, and you remember that for sure. And all of a sudden you're, thing. You are in, you know, maybe they, they screwed something up and they, they fixed it for you. They took it off the bill and you remember those things. Yeah. And, and I think those good experiences, yeah, are what creates allegiance. Cause I've, I mean, how many good meals have you had in DC here? Millions. Right. But like the ones, the places that stand out to me are the places that I've had an experience with, not just like 
a good meal. And sure, there are like those fancy Michelin star places that, yeah, the meal is the experience itself. But like, I remember more of the, you know, spot I'm going to go on a, you know, every Friday versus the once in a lifetime meal. 100%. I could not agree more. I'm on, we're on the same page there. Same page, same page. There you go. Uh, all right. So we're getting down to the end here. I'm going to ask a few more questions about yourself. Okay. So I just told you what book I'm reading. What are you reading these days? Uh, I, I actually am reading something right now that was recommended um, to me by a couple of the people that I work with. Um, just has kind of like a business strategy book. It sounds boring, but it's not. It's called Measure oh. What... <laughs> I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> this is actually secretly what I'm hoping you were going to say. Oh, awesome. When people, tell me, they're read reading, when people tell me they're reading fiction, I'm kind of like, uh. oh, shit. <laughs> I do love me some fiction, but I haven't read actually fiction in so long. Um, I've been trying to learn as much as I can about I, the role that I just jumped into. Um, but this book is called Measure What Matters. Um, and it's basically a book about how to set goals for your company, but then to also give yourself and your employees the roadmap to then complete those goals. Um, so it's actually really cool because it's lots of conversations with big tech industry people, you know, former CEO, Google, um, people from Intel and just how, you know, just creating a clear roadmap and clear objectives mm -hmm. and kind of creating transparency through the company and letting, you know, everybody from the bottom to the top and the top to the bottom know um, what it is we're all working towards makes those goals become so much clearer and so much more achievable. I liked how you said top to bottom, bottom to top. You said it so smoothly that I feel like that's something you've said in class before. <laughs> I haven't actually, but it I was, was just like, like <laughs> not one is more important than the other. Was I know, I, was I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I was just impressed by how like it just sounded so smooth. I was like, Rolls oh, that's something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, what, what was the name of that book again? Measure What Matters. Uh, okay. I'm making a note for myself. Um, yeah. All right. What, uh, what are we watching on, on TV these days? What are we binging? Oh man, what are we binging? Okay, well tonight, and I need to, you know, wrap this up soon because The Bachelor is on and I hate to even oh, admit that I watched that. Do not judge me. Um, I think it's kind of, it's, it's accepted at this point, I think. Okay, okay, good. Um, so The Bachelor is on tonight. I'm a big, big Housewives fan. I'm oh man, I'm glad you said that because we are, as I've been talking about for like the last two months in the podcast here, uh, we've been binging The Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay. And we're, we're just all, we're, we're all in on it. We just, we uh, can't get enough of it. Is that your favorite housewives? It's the only one I've ever watched. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, You've got a lot of catching up. I, I know. I know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how I like, I honestly don't even remember how we got into it, but we we're like, fuck it. Let's, let's watch Real Housewives of Potomac <laughs> it's right here in DC. Right. And, and we were just like, oh, this is great. And it's like, it's kind of like, it's just got the perfect combination of like, just like, trash but also like intrigue yeah. and drama it's just it's got everything yeah um, it kind of leaves you like confused like who are you people like is this really your life yes I and mean, we're also big jersey shore fans still oh uh, wow yes then you need to watch the real housewives of new jersey the new season just started oh well there yeah i you know i think i watched that like years ago like i think my mom watched it maybe because because we're 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 originally from new jersey so i think my mom watched it okay but, um i think yeah i don't know but yes you're absolutely right once we finish off 
uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. It, it was, I think it's one of the things that it popped up on Hulu and Hulu was like, you should watch this. And we're like, okay. Yes. Yeah. And that's just the way it goes. I think we need to make like a, I need to make a list of all the shows I've binged over the last Anything year. Anything on Bravo, Summer House. Summer House, oh. Southern Charm. Big fan of, big fan of Summer House. Cause that's, that was set out on Long Island, the Hamptons. Yeah. So, and yeah. I knew, strangely knew a few people that were in that show. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sad they didn't come back. I think it's been canceled, right? No, the new se- summer house, the new season just started. They, no. they yeah, they quarantined really? together. So oh. instead of going back to the city for their work week and then back to the Hamptons for the weekend, they spent all the entire six weeks together. Oh, this is fantastic news. Sonny, you just made yeah, my night. You welcome. just made my night. Oh, you're this welcome. is fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. What is, what is uh, one experience that you think everyone here in DC should have besides obviously doing a class of yours? Besides hustle. Obviously. DC? Yes. Okay. What's one been. DC quintessential DC experience? And you can't say the stereotypical, go to the mall and look at the monuments. No, yeah, I need something. Give me something a little more DC here. Yeah. Um, so I think, and you probably could have just guessed that I was going to say this. I think the DC food scene is like no other. There are so many amazing chefs and restaurateurs in this city. So if I were to have a friend that had never been to DC before, and I was like, okay, we're going to spend a day doing this. We'd probably eat our way around. We'd probably... I mean, maybe we'd go to Union Market and kind of pick around at like some of my favorite little stores, Salt and Sandry, which is one of my favorites. I love that. Um, Maybe, uh, you know, try a couple snacks there. And then we definitely do like maybe dinner at Compass Rose or Maidan. Um, And just probably walk around some neighborhoods. I think that the restaurant industry is amazing here. I also think that we have awesome architecture as far as just like the way the city is built. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing looks the same. All the buildings are different. So I think quintessential DC for me is exploring like neighborhoods and neighborhood. What are your top neighborhoods? Um, I love Shaw, which is where I live because I think you get a little bit of the, the restaurant bar party scene, but it's also still a little gritty and not, you know, Right. So they, they didn't sell out yet. So Not yet. yet. We're on our way there, though. I feel like it's been a slow journey. <laughs> We're on our way there. <laughs> yes. What's um, your What's your go to What's your go to place if you're taking somebody out to eat? I feel because I feel like this question has evolved into basically just people talking about the DC the food scene because like you're oh not the really first yes. So what's your What's your go to place? It's changing. It's changing. I mean, everybody's go to place is probably like Le Dip, or you know, which is you know, we love a good legit moment, but um, if I want to be like more interesting, I would say um, one of my favorites right now is residence. Oh, I don't know that one. It opened within the last year. The food is delicious. It was opened up by a couple former bartenders that were in the DC food scene and um, it's shareable plates. Um, I would say typically like American with maybe like, maybe a bit of a Latin flair, um, but cool vibes. They have a really good indoor seating area, really good outdoor kind of like ski lodgy vibe. Um, yeah, residence. That's my- Residence, that's is that in Shaw? No, it's actually off DuPont Circle, which is also oh. very odd, but- <laughs> Why is that odd? 
because who goes to DuPont Circle? Uh, I feel like that's like a quote from like the West Wing or something. <laughs> I'm going to piss some people off by saying that. Probably, uh, but it's okay. Because uh, yeah, it, it, DuPont is definitely one of those neighborhoods that like, yeah, I just, oh, well, I mean, I lived in- like I lived college in, kids. I've lived in Southwest for three and a half years. You either like, yeah, it's either like the college, like the post-grad or it's like the people who have lived in DuPont for 50 years. Right. That makes sense. When it was like one of the only neighborhoods there, like things were like actually happening. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. This has been controversy in uh, recent weeks here on the on the on the show. Best burger in DC. Oh, there are a few really good burgers in DC, but my favorite burger is at Garden District. Oh, on 14th Street, yeah, corner of 14th and S. There. Food is delicious, um, but if you've never had their burger, I'm telling you, it's everything and everything and anything you've ever wanted. It's- wow, that's that's big words there. And it's interesting. I, I felt like there's always like the same like three or four that always get the most attention. And now that I'm, I've started asking this question, I'm getting a lot of different responses, which is which is actually pretty great because yeah. I think their uh, their neighbor on 14th Street is the one that gets all the attention exactly at La Dip. So interesting. Mine, for the record, is the salt line. Uh, I have had their burger. It is delicious. It's fantastic. In my opinion, okay. best burger in D.C. I'm yeah. going to keep talking Most about it on the show. Roll. Exactly. It's a little hidden hidden menu item, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep talking about it until the salt line acknowledges me. So hopefully that happens eventually. But uh, it's just it's my favorite restaurant in D.C., period. Because I just love the like atmosphere on the water. I, the vibe. I mean, all I their agree. food is great besides the burger. Um, so So, yeah, salt line, I'm all about it. Okay. Uh, so yeah. All right. And then the last question I got for you, what's the best thing that's happened to you in the last seven days? Give me something good. Give me some positivity here to end the show. Woo! The best thing that's happened in the last seven days, I could truly make a list cause I'm feeling really pretty, pretty grateful these days. I'm pretty, pretty lucky these days. Um, what is the best thing? The last week of February. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the highlight of my week last week was probably a class that I taught. Okay. It was a class that I taught with one of my closest friends who now also works for Hustle. Her name is Natalia. And we taught Shout out Natalia. together. You know Natalia? No, but just I'm shouting her out. Oh, yeah. What up, Natalia? <laughs> what up, Natalia? She and I taught a class together and it was really special. We've been instructors alongside of each other for the last six and a half, seven years. And we've never taught a class together. And it was kind of just like our worlds colliding. Um, So much has happened in the last seven years. And she and I taught a class at Union Stage this past Sunday together. And it was really fucking awesome. That's awesome. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, All right. Sonny, thank you so much for coming on. This was uh, awesome. And uh, I know we'll definitely, uh, oh, well, hold on. Sorry. I just jumped the gun here. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Sorry. Oh, well, they can find me at Hustle DC. Um, You can check out our website at hustle-dc.com. You can check out our Instagram at hustle underscore DC. Um, And then my personal Instagram is Sunny May every day. 
And you guys are currently doing virtual classes only. Currently virtual. And we're doing um, the union stage classes um, on the weekends as well. Boom. All right. There you have it. Sunny, thank you for coming on. And uh, I know we'll definitely be talking soon. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.